couldn't get any more sunshiny for the Merrimack Warriors, leading 3-0 here at the end of two over UConn. I'm Mike Macknick with John Leahy. Tonight's second intermission brought to you by Merrimack Graduate Studies, where at Merrimack you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate. That's merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Joining us here, second intermission, Mike McMahon from the MacReport.com, College Hockey News, and also the Eagle Tribune. And, uh, you know, Mike, five games in a row here, Merrimack scored the first goal, taking the lead in the game. It seems to make such a difference. The team you know, is playing so much differently, especially once they get that lead. And more often than not, as we've seen late, uh, they haven't given it up. Uh, the last time they trailed, that would have been, I guess, that overtime goal against UNH. Yeah, it's, it's a confidence thing, I think. You know, it's, it's a younger team with guys in, in new, even the, the returning guys in new roles. And, you know, we've, we've talked about it before. For whatever reason, the team that scores first wins about 70% of the time. It doesn't matter if that goal scored 30 seconds into the game or, or 59 minutes into the game. It just seems to be about a 70% clip of the team that scores first wins. And I think the biggest thing right now with this group is confidence. They're having success. And uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, I, I was listening to a clip. I saw it online this week of, of Mike Babcock, uh, Michael's father, head coach of the Maple Leafs, who I was talking about. Somebody asked him about one of his players having confidence, and he was saying, you know, it's not. You don't go to the confidence store and, and buy confidence for yourself. He's like, you know, you got to earn it. You got to earn your confidence. And I think that's what we're seeing this team doing right now. You know, they're having success, and, and they're playing more confident, and they're playing more confident because they're having success. You know, you need success to to bring confidence in your game. I think that's what we're seeing with this group right now. Have they found a number one line here with the combination of uh, a Petty now centering Grisok and Tavernier? They seem to be clicking. They do. Yeah, I think that's the line that's going to stick together now. Even the second line, you know, they maybe haven't had the offensive production with uh, Von Ungern and, and uh, Babcock and, and Irvine, but they're creating chances for themselves. I mean, Tyler Irvine probably had, what, four breakaways the last two games? <laughs> Seems like he's always around the net, always kind of springing some opportunities there. And uh, th- That line's got a lot of speed, and then you got the top line that's finally starting to click a little bit. Greasock. I mean, Greasock looks like the type of player that's going to be a first-line player for his four years here. And I think that's what a lot of people expected of him. Uh, you know, when he had the type of scoring numbers he had in the USHL, that, that's a league where, where scoring translates pretty well to, to NCAA, and uh, he's, he's made that jump. I mean, his first half of the year, he was leading the team in shots. I think some of it, you know, is not going in, and then all of a sudden, uh, we talk about confidence. I mean, he's a guy that's had the puck go in for him a couple times, and now he seems to have even taken his game to a new level. He, he's one of the guys I talk about where it, it looks like he's just playing with a lot more confidence right now than he was at the beginning of the year. Yeah, you said earlier in the season you thought that he was the kind of guy that once they started going in, you know, they were going to go in a, a lot for him. And that's been the case now with three goals in the last three games. But, you know, think back to that the first goal that he scored, uh, the first goal of the night, which was his goal tonight. Um, and, and, and what impressed me the most about that play was that, you know, in, in seeing it develop, you know, he had the presence of mind, I think, to skate to an open spot on the ice so that there was some space. I mean, that's something I was thinking about as I'm watching this game here tonight is those players, sometimes when, they, when they're when they taking a jump to the next level, that's one of the things that they seem to be able to do is find that space out there. I mean, there's not a lot of space these days in hockey, right, with the, yeah. the size of the players and how, and, right, and, and how fast they are and so on. And then, you know, guys, some guys just had, and Brett Cini could do it, right? I mean, guys who could find the open space on the ice will create that space and, and be able to do 
something with it. I think we've, we've been seeing Chase Greesock do that lately. Yeah, I thought he did it on the first goal, and then I thought they did it on the second goal, too, just as a, as a line. Uh, and that's also, I mean, that, that both those plays on those first two goals are, are guys that in lines that I think are playing more confidently to be able to move the puck like that. I mean, Greesock gets to an open area, and Betty zips the puck to him. I mean, that's the type of play that I'm not sure this team would have made in, in end of October, beginning of November, because I just don't feel, I don't think they felt confident enough in their, in their puck skills to do it at that point in time, but now, I mean, they've, they've had some success here, they're starting to put in some goals, and both of those goals were, were good examples of they got the puck in the zone quick, and then they moved the puck quick, and then all of a sudden there's an opening in net, and, and they're able to find the space. Well, what were your thoughts on that game out in Michigan? I know you weren't out there, but 4-2 uh, to win, I thought Merrimack started well, Michigan really turned on in that third period, uh, you know, after uh, they, they started to get desperate, but it was too late by then. Yeah, exactly, I think that's what happened. I think Merrimack controlled the first period. Uh, second period, maybe got a little more even, but I, I think Merrimack had the edge there, too, and then once Petty's goal went in the third and they took the lead, that's when you saw, I think, a Michigan team go, uh-oh, <laughs> we, we got to turn this on here, and, and from then on, I, I don't know what the shot attempts were after that, but the shots on goal in the third period were, were pretty lopsided for Michigan, and uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, they got out, Merrimack got out to a lead, and, and it's interesting, too, like, you wonder, uh, I said this, I wonder if, uh, does Merrimack win that game, knowing that, that um, uh, Quinn Hughes is out of the lineup and Josh Norris are out of the lineup and they were both back. They could have played. BU's guys that were at the World Juniors could have played. Yeah, I was thinking before the game, it's almost like Michigan kind of looks at it like, hey, well, you know, it's uh, maybe we don't have to dress them against Merrimack. We can wait till league play. You wonder if they kind of had a, a chip on their shoulder. Norris is out for the year. Talked to Scott Borick before the game. Oh. Norris is out for the year. Oh, okay. Hughes probably could have played, but Norris is out. Okay, so he must have got hurt at the World Juniors because he was playing out there, yeah. We talked a lot about offense. Let's talk about defense. It's kind of interesting to me that uh, the improvement in play of this defense kind of coincides with that injury to Johnny Kovacevic and, and you know, all of the minutes that he eats up in a game. And now they, they needed to do something about it, and they ended up having to split those minutes among a number of guys. But, for example, a guy like Dominic Dockery, I, I have not seen him play better in his two years here, or his year and a half plus, you know, than he has over the last few games. And that, he's just one example. Yeah, I think that the changes they made in the D zone over the semester break has helped a lot. Uh, they've gone from a man-to-man approach to more of a zone type approach. It looks, I mean, it kind of looks similar to Lowell. I think they, they've added their own wrinkles to it, but it looks similar to what maybe UMass Lowell does in the defensive zone. I think that's helped a lot. I mean, you don't see them giving up as many second and third chances. That was a big thing. I mean, when they had that run there towards the end of the semester going into the break where they had some games that were giving up seven, eight goals, uh, you know, nine to Northeastern, a lot of those was on guys kind of getting lost in the defensive zone, losing their man in the defensive zone, and then second and third chances in front of the net. The changes they've made, uh, it, it, a zone-based approach, I think, takes the responsibility off of one guy uh, defensively, and then also you're seeing them being able to collapse the net front and get butts out of there and not really allow many second and third chances, which has helped the goaltending, obviously. Right. Speaking of goaltending, I mean, you have Vogler and... Uh and Pantano, it seems like we've got a rotation going on here because both guys are playing so well that they deserve to play. Yeah, I heard uh, Scott Moore with John in the pregame said they're going to go with a, a little bit of a rotation, and that works. He already said Vogler's playing against UNH next yeah, week. And, that, and that's the way to approach it, I think. You know, when, when you have both goalies playing well, uh, you want to make sure they're both playing. I mean, the worst thing you can do, I think, when you've got two goalies playing well is to sit one of them and have not play for a month. And then if something goes wrong with the other one, you hope you can throw him back in. But now he hasn't played in a month, and is he cold? I mean, it's, it's a tough situation. So when you have two goalies playing well, the best thing you can do is just keep playing them. And uh, you know, from their standpoint, I, I wonder if they almost kind of wish they didn't have these one-game weekends where you have to have a goalie off for a, for a weekend. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll obviously have that go, going, going down the stretch. But uh, a couple of one-game weekends here in a row, you almost with 
the goalie's playing so well, no one's going to split him. Probably want to play two. But they need to get an action once a week. <laughs> uh, last question, Mike, before we let you go. So, this Merrimack team, are they as good as we've seen them over the last couple of weeks? The team that beat number 11 Northeastern, team that beat Michigan, team that's winning this game here 3 nothing, and maybe you could even add to that that beat BC and BU earlier in the season, or the team that lost 9-1 to Northeastern, you know, 7-2 to Northeastern, and were outscored, I, I gave, gave up something like 25 goals in three games to Providence, you know, which is the real Merrimack team here? You know, we'll see. I, I think they're, if they continue to play this system in the, in the D zone, I think they're going to be in these types of games. Uh, you know, even if they're if they're in games where they lose, I think they're going to be close. Uh, that's the big thing. And offensively, they're not really scoring. I mean, they're scoring tonight, but they're not really offensively scoring much more than they were in the, in the first half. Uh, you know, two to one game at UNH, one nothing win at Northeastern. Uh, you know, it's not like they're they're pouring in four or five goals a game here. So I think the offense is what it is. But if they can limit teams, which is what they've been able to do since the start of the second half, they're going to be in every single game they play, and they're getting good goaltending because of it. And you know, I don't know if. We'll see how they react too. Like once, once they have a game here where because you're going to get one at some point where uh, it gets away from you, you might lose four, five, one. How do they respond with the changes they've made in the D zone? Does it all fall apart because they had one bad game, or are they able to respond and, and reel it back in? I mean, that's going to be the big test. It's going to happen at some point. It happens to everybody. Uh, I think that's when we'll really know. You know, if they can respond from another bad game, uh, we'll, we'll know what the rest of the year is going to look like. All right, Mike, thanks a lot. We appreciate your time, uh, as always. Folks, check out his work at themacreport.com, the Eagle Tribune, and also call Talking News. Talk, uh, talk to, excuse me, we'll talk to you again soon, Mike. Sounds good. Mike McMahon, our guest here. The score, Merrimack 3, UConn nothing. John and I are back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.